those dialogues and those questions and that commentary for students, leaders also walked away understanding that the workplace has changed. And how do you play catch up really as a, as a company or a corporation to meet the needs of this incoming talent that's going to work in your organization? Hey everyone, and welcome to Seen at Work, the podcast. It's the podcast where we highlight diversity, equity, and inclusion professionals and the work they're doing to help their fellow employees feel seen at work. I'm Natalia Eileen, and together with my team, I help companies build more diverse, more inclusive, and more equitable workplaces. Today, I'm excited. I have another conversation to bring to you. This one is with a fellow diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioner, Lori Spicer Robertson. Lori has worked in diversity, equity, and inclusion for many years. She's led DEI within a number of organizations. And today she explains to us how she put together an entire campus activity engagement event for HBCUs and her organization and how she involved executives as part of that initiative. I'm excited because I know that there are so many people out there who are looking to continue to build that talent pipeline that we all really love to have within our workplaces, that diverse talent pipeline. And I think this particular episode really gives us some great ideas as to how we can engage HBCUs, HSIs, Hispanic serving institutions, and other spaces where that talent exists so that we can bring in that talent and take care of it and cultivate it and have it really uh, engage our workplace. Now, without further ado, I'll let you listen to my conversation with Lori. Okay, we are here with Lori Spicer Robertson and we are so lucky to have her on the podcast today. Lori, how are you? I am well, how are you? Not bad. Happy now that you're here. I'm so excited to hear more about what you have to share with our audience. Um, first, can you introduce yourself? Just tell us a bit about you, uh, how Ooh. you got into diversity, equity, and inclusion. Absolutely. Hi, listeners. I am Lori Spicer Robertson, as she has shared. I hail from the awesome state of Tennessee in Memphis, Tennessee, but I've been fortunate enough to have roles that allow me to travel everywhere, most recently back and forth to New York. Uh, I got into diversity, equity, and inclusion probably 12 years or so now. I started as a facilitator uh, for conversations on race, and it was so cool to watch the learnings and unlearnings of people, unlikely people that would be in this session. And so from there, I actually started a job at a regional bank, and I was hired to do executive leadership development change management, and then I was promoted to develop a diversity and inclusion strategy, which at that time for me is funny because I did not know what that was. Um, so I became a student of the work and reached out to everyone that was on the Diversity Inc. Top 50 company list to say, please help me out. I have to make wow. a strategy. And about 48 of those individuals reached out and followed up and wow, they have been with me ever since. So it's been great. I love that story. I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Now people people know the strategy, how to how to get in touch. I don't know. That's um, it. And that response rate. Talk right. about. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, Lori, I know you have so much experience to your point, you know, over 10 years, uh, over a decade of experience doing yeah. this work 
And there's a lot to choose from in terms of what we could highlight or spotlight today during mm -hmm. our podcast. But I did ask if you could maybe come ready to talk about one big initiative or something that we could really sink our teeth into today. Yes. What did you want to discuss? So I am so big on giving back, right? Like how do we lift others? And in each position or role that I've been in that has focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, I've always thought about how do we reconnect with college students, but even going further back to high school, middle school, and grade schools, because every company is trying to fight this war on talent. Uh, you hear about it all the time. And when I started in the DEI space over 10 years ago, it was the conversation of the day. Uh, now people call it the battle on talent because you have the new reimagination of work and trying mm -hmm. to retain talent in the workplace. Um, but to do that, you have to have awareness and exposure of your company and really be a brand of choice for young and new talent that's coming in. And so young or new talent could be mothers or women who are looking to come back into the workplace. It could be college students. It could be more seasoned professionals or seniors. But for us, one of the programs that I really enjoyed was an HBCU career coaching series. And we utilize our executives. Our executive team expressed that they wanted to get more involved. And if you say it, I'm going to take you up on it. So <laughs> what you do, you made a whole know. program around it. It's like, right. okay, come on in. You've offered. And so what we did is identified uh, colleges that were connected to uh, programs that align with our company, which was the bank at the time, and accounting, financial departments, as well as innovation. At that time, every bank was trying to think, how do we how do we set ourselves apart from all the other banks that are in the world? How can we innovate and do our business more effectively, more efficiently, and continue to be agile and nimble? And so innovation was our buzzword. Um, and so we identified colleges that had programs in that space. And basically our setup was that each executive, there was probably 11 to 12, I think at that time, they were assigned to lead a presentation, right? And they would choose a topic and we would help and coach them and prepare them for that, but coach uh, them through a topic that was beneficial to a college student because every college student is trying to figure out what does life look like after I leave this great bubble of college, right? What does adulthood look like? Um, and in my first job, what are the experiences that I can anticipate? And so program was awesome. Uh, great experience, I think, for both the students and the executives. And mm -hmm. I encourage companies everywhere to do it because mm -hmm. you just shed so many layers and biases of what you would think, what a college student would think of an executive but also what an executive or a leader of a company would think of a student of color. So right, right. one of my favorites. And it sounds like it was a direct feeder into some of your entry level positions. So the recruitment yeah. team was probably a, a very yeah. central part of that. And what a great way to get everybody involved. Yeah. Well, and as you can imagine, every company is always saying, you know, how do we get top talent? Top talent is, is the focus for most companies, if not all companies. And yeah. recruiting teams and people who work in recruiting positions are working extra hard these days, trying to source that top talent. 
Well, the, the catch is you have to get them early and they have to be connected to you. And so that means you may have to leave your seat and go to where they are, meet them where they are, actually figuratively and literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but also understand what is the college student's experience of today? Because when I was in college, I won't share how many years ago, but when I was in college a few years ago, um, the experience is different. And so how do you tailor your entry uh, experience and onboarding for college students? How do you expose? How do you have presence on their campus? And for us, this program did all of that. We actually mm-hmm. traveled to those schools and institutions. We utilized the president's boardroom, which if you're a college student, you're not going into the president's boardroom unless you've done something uh, that's not ideal. And mm-hmm. This is exposure and an opportunity for them to experience their college in a different way, but also hear very candid, uh, transparent stories of leaders that people usually mm-hmm. put on a pedestal and mm-hmm. that they wouldn't expect to hear that level of vulnerability from. And so it was a it was a great experience. As you can see, I am super excited about it. Um, yeah. And I love to see that companies do things like this. So, And those are such memorable experiences for young yeah. people, right? They can be really formative, actually, in terms of how they think about what comes next for them or where they see themselves in the future. Yeah. Um, and to do that, you know, at that stage, especially right. for many students who maybe don't have that kind of access to people yeah. who are at that senior senior level. That's powerful. Um so was what you were doing? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, well, when you think about, and we talk a lot about this um, in my prior and previous workplaces, that when you think about equity, it's really about access and opportunity. And to me, these types of programs and initiatives, they change the narrative of what that looks like for a college student of color. Um, so often people, when you come into a company, they think that you have, these norms, these competencies, these knowledge, skills, and abilities. But to be frank, you may not. I mean, when you go to college, you're going through your coursework and your rigor, and some colleges may prepare you for that next step, but others don't. And so when you get to the job and you get to the career, these are things that help close that gap so that you can be set up for success. And it's just, it's so important for students because the level of access and opportunity that some students receive, specifically those of color, uh, is lacking. And so I think there is an opportunity, a great opportunity for companies to help close that gap. No, I love that point. And I love that you brought up equity as well, because sometimes people don't realize when we talk about equitable programs or equity generating programs, this is a perfect example of one, right? Where we're trying to offer that access, those opportunities to, to those who might not have them generally um, right. or who have them at maybe a lesser frequency or um, not as readily. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm wondering if you can walk us through what you did in those rooms. Yeah. It sounds like there was a lot of storytelling involved. Obviously go into as much or as little detail as you like, but yeah. that's on my mind right now. What's the program yeah. like? Well, I am a natural connector, so I start any experience event where people are allowed the opportunity to connect with one another. So once we would arrive on campus, of course, uh, the school would set up a tour. We would go and see the cool attractions, meet key people that were part of the institution or university or college. 
Um, and then we would come into the president's space. And of course, the president would host us, introduce us to um, their leadership team and other leaders of the campus. And then we would almost do like a mixer. There's usually refreshments, some type of food, depending on the school and depending on where the school is. I'd say in the South, we had lots of food. Um, but you would have food and beverages so that people will feel comfortable. Um, and then there was an activity in place to help people for those who don't like to step up and have a conversation. There's always an activity that would spur you or help support you to move along the room and make connections with other people. Um, and then after that, we would sit down. People would be a little more disarmed because they have shed the layer of like, this is going to be a formal event. Oh, mm -hmm. these people are... Um, the students are like, oh, these people are cool, right? Like they are not as dumpy as I thought. They, they just were. met us a whole bunch. So that's a good yeah. <laughs> step one. <laughs> and they told us, right, every college student needs some food. So definitely important. That will get them out and show up. Um, and so once everyone sat down, we did introductions. So everyone in the room knew who the other parties were. And that selected executive for that day would basically start off with their story. Um, one of the representatives from our company would do an introduction and mm -hmm. talk about how great the leader was and why they admired them um, and why they're excited to hear that story. And mm -hmm. so the stipulations for our executives were to be shed your layers. This is not you're not leading a town hall meeting. This is not a corporate summit. This is you are preparing college students to enter, you know, a new role on your team. And so yeah. if you were saying that and you were telling them that story, what would you what experience would you tell them and mm -hmm. tell us what things were you able to overcome and how were you able to overcome them? Because I think the how is so important. People always talk about their glory, um, but you yeah. never hear the story, as people say. And so. If you think about someone's story, there's always um, supporters, coaches, influencers, you know, mentors along the way that help them get to where they are, where they're going. And so they share the story. We leave time for question and answer. Um, students always had questions, of course, um, sometimes very much so on topic, sometimes not. But we wanted to create that brave and safe space for them so they can ask whatever it is that they are thinking about post-college, you know, what are my opportunities um, and what are the things that I need to consider? And so after that, uh, we would wrap it up. We would leave the team, depending on if we would stay there, the team uh, from the company would usually uh, try to get together, debrief, talk about what went well, what can we do differently while it was fresh on our mind. Um, and then we would part ways and head back. Of course, I'm sure this looks very different now during COVID, but right. I think the opportunity to do it and do it with more students in more schools um, is open now that the world is is digital and um, you can true. use to reach out to people. That's we were limited, of course, with budget and travel, but I think now sky's the limit. You can have as many students or schools as possible. Totally. I also, as an aside, feel like we're also maybe more amenable to doing some sort of pre-virtual event, even if we yeah. are going in person. Yes. I've been seeing that a ton, right? Where it's like, okay, let's get people warmed up even right. early on or, yeah, yeah. The, the, the sky's the limit now with some of what okay. we can do for sure. So it sounds like amazing, again, yeah. what you had them go through and experience. 
But something we started talking about off camera was how this is a very reciprocal experience. Yeah. It's not one-sided in any way, even though it might sound like the, the students are getting a ton right. out of it. Um, so can you explain what you felt yeah. the the executives learned or, or got sure. out of their experience? Well, and one other thing too I'll add is, uh, one thing that I'm big on for programs is that you bring people along the way, you bring people along the journey. Once you were entered into this program, we continue to have communication with you throughout it. Just say if it was six weeks, two months, three months program, there was always communication happening so that you could kind of travel along this journey and tour with us. Uh, we let you know where our next steps were. It's almost a newsletter communication. And if you had questions along the way, you were paired up with one of the leaders from our company. They may not have been our C-suite team, but definitely members of their direct reports or their uh, mm -hmm. individual team so that you left with your own connection and mentorship um, mm -hmm. that you could ask along this, this three-month time period, which to me was invaluable because um, sometimes when you have presentations or group events, you don't have that deeper connection and relationship. But if right. you have that one-on-one -on -one pairing, you can help each other and really transform and narrate resilience for students. And so uh, that's one component I think that was extremely important for us. I think the cool thing that leaders and executives did not prepare for is just their exposure. Um, when the program was created, there was a sense of, we are exposing these young students of color about how great it is to work at our company, how professional you need to be, how you need to be structured, and this is what work looks like. And I think in those dialogues, in those questions, in that commentary for students, leaders also walked away understanding that the workplace has changed. and. How do you play catch up really as a, as a company or a corporation to meet the needs of this incoming talent that's going to work in your organization? Uh, they speak differently. They may dress differently. Their ideas and how they um, see the balance between work and rest harmony is very different from generations before them. And so I think the level of exposure really uh, leaned heavily on our executives more so sometimes in the students because they showed up with their own bias and sometimes their bias is good intent, right? The bias is I was a college student. College is just like when I was in school. Um, nothing has really changed. And you see now that students are involved. They are working. They are playing sports. They're athletes, but they also are academically achieving. And so any of these stereotypes and biases that a leader showed up to the table with, uh, those are dispelled once they had conversations with the students. And for me, that was exciting, I think, to see both parties uh, have those aha moments, those learnings and unlearnings, um, similar to what I shared before, how I got into the space. And you could just see the, the uncovering and the surprises from leaders as the program went on and, you know, the feedback at the end, of course, is always out the roof that they thought it was one of the best programs, the best experiences they had because they got to they got to have a deeper relationship with an individual who may not look anything like them, who had a totally different background, but who is just as valuable of an asset to a company as well as their school as they are. So. I think that experience for me, I mean, that's the intent of it is to make sure people are opening their eyes to different types of talent and seeing a value 
indifference and diversity versus seeing it as a liability. Yeah. You know, hearing you describe that, it just makes me feel a sense of pride and gratitude for doing the work we get to do because that's 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 what it is right it's it's everyone growing and learning and benefiting from these things even if they didn't realize that that's what would happen that that's what Mm -hmm. the outcome would be yes absolutely and i think that's the that is part of the diversity equity inclusion work is that everyone shows up to the table in a different place and so you have to meet people where they are and understand Mm -hmm. that their experience is unique to them and that your work is not to change them or to make them feel guilty or sad about their prior experiences, but to really help them understand that those experiences align with where we're going in the future. But here's how we can pivot, shift our perspective, or have new learning so that we can move forward together. And I think this program did that for our leaders as well as the students. And the cool thing, I think the byproduct of a program like this is it exposes students to your company and your brand. You can hear college students walk around HBCUs and say, oh, I love so-and-so company because I have a mentor um, that's there and I can't wait to work there. And so that's not the outset intent for the program, but that's definitely something that happens when you start to build a relationship and rapport with these individuals. They are like, I'm invested. And you want to create that type of relationship. So it's always exciting to see. I love it. Definitely. I'm loving it just hearing about it. Uh, Can you talk to me, though? I want to kind of push into the challenges that might exist. Because there might be some people listening to you here, listening to this story and thinking, we should do that. We can do that. That sounds great. We can get the exec team to be very into that. Yeah. All all positive outcomes involved. And maybe all the outcomes are positive, but the journey might be a little tricky. Can you give us some insight into what some of those challenges could be? Absolutely. So all those executives that are out there listening, I'm not here to hurt your feelings. I am here to be honest and transparent. Sometimes executives are unrealistic and they think everything's going to be A plus 100 percent, 100% attendance. Students are going to love me. They're going to love my story. They're going to love everything. We are humans. You cannot control people. And that is not always the case. And so the challenges um, and how we really handled some of those challenges and opportunities was to prepare both groups. We had grounding sessions for the executives and the leaders that were going to participate in the program. The grounding session was to really shift their perspective to say, this is a career coaching series. This is an opportunity for you not only to share your story, but really to listen, to practice being an active listener to the students who have engaged and who have signed up to be part of this program with us. Secondly, your college experience 30, 40, I'd say 20 to 40 years ago is not the experience of the college student of today. You cannot discount their experience. You cannot discount their Uh, life experiences, again, you are here to listen. I think the third piece is we definitely had to have a conversation about biases and what role Mm -hmm. we play as leaders, Um, that we're not here to save the black and brown students at HBCUs, but we're here to learn from them and expose them and increase their understanding and awareness of 
What is it like to work in a corporate environment? What does culture mean? What is a workplace? And what's a space that is designed for them to really excel and thrive? And I think um, leaders would assume they already know that. But when they left those grounding sessions, they're like, huh, those are things I never would have thought about. And I'm like, this is why we had those sessions, because you wouldn't have thought of it. And then you would have got in front of a student and shared something. And then we would have said, cut, <laughs> let's, yeah. reel, let's reel you back in. Um, yeah. The grounding session was very important for our leadership. Um, the other part of what we shared in that session, and I also talk about the students because we also had to do grounding with the students, um, is that students of color have different experience than majority students. Some students of color, and just the timing of the day of when we hosted things, they may be working. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they don't want to engage, it's that they have real life priorities and responsibilities. And sometimes they are paying for themselves to go to school. And so we have to be accommodating of that. Yes, you might have to do something in the evening. You feel like that's your personal time. But if you're invested in this program and really seeing these individuals excel, then you will have to make an accommodation that's really only going to be once, you know, out of a month. Um and so I think that was an aha for them. We also said that just because we sign up 100 students doesn't mean 100 students will show up every single time. Yeah. And so let's let's start with realistic expectations and know that whoever is in the room, whoever is listening, those are the people that are supposed to be be there. And those are the people who are going to be changed and blessed by your story. And so I think that helped people prepare for if something happened or if students couldn't come or something happened on campus, um, that they were prepared for whoever the audience was there in the room. Mm -hmm. Our students. Was, oh, right. Well, I was just gonna say, I appreciate that that's something that you did because it's very easy to talk about this program and think, it all exists within these days when you're on campus doing these fun things, but there is a ton of preparation that goes into doing this well. Yes. It's, it sounds like, and I can imagine coaching and, you know, having those grounding sessions, potentially, you know, having additional conversations to make sure everybody's ready for this. Yeah. I, I think just highlighting that is super important. So I wanted yeah. to emphasize it. Yeah, and I think it was, as you can imagine, coaching leaders is always an opportunity because they're leaders, so they they feel like they know. But even a simple thing of like, everyone is not on the same schedule were things that people forgot, right? Like, you can have something at two o'clock, but, you know, James is two o'clock, might be open, but Lori's two o'clock is not. She's in a, in a class. And so... There is no one size fits all, which is why we had to shoot for evening times, because typically there aren't a lot of classes. But if you're an evening student, you might have evening classes. And so we had to really pivot and alternate our scheduling to accommodate what the majority of the students on that campus, uh, what their collegiate experience was like. And so mm -hmm. that takes the back work. Right. I think for the leaders, they just show up. But I think mm -hmm. the team. Um, that is not, I think, the team that is working on building out the program and logistics, it is definitely a coordination um, circus, right. trying to make sure you get everybody scheduled. And you're working with executives whose schedules are all over the place. Right. Um, but what I, the beauty of it is that they committed to it. Like, I love that they showed up. None of them ever, you know, said, I have a meeting. This thing just came up. I can't do it. They always are present. And I think that went that went so far for the students. They felt valuable. 
I think the grounding for the students was also, um, it was fun. I mean, we made theirs almost like a pep rally and mm -hmm. we prepared them that you're meeting with executives, right? So this could be the person you need to connect with for your next job. Don't mm -hmm. take this opportunity for granted. Also, as comfortable as they seem, sometimes you may not need to be as comfortable <laughs> because they're already in their position. You are mm -hmm. looking what your next step is beyond mm -hmm. college and they mm -hmm. might be just the person to help you get there mm -hmm. um so having that conversation and we did it in a fun way so all the students laughed their their advisors were a part of it uh so they also gave us things that were important to them um mm -hmm. one thing i will mention so we had a meeting with all of the guidance counselors and advisors before we built the program because mm -hmm. Again, we didn't want to lean on our own understanding and do the things we just told the executives and leaders not to do is that us too as employees and DEI team that yeah. there are things that we don't know. I haven't been in college for a while. And so I need to talk to people who are on the ground working with students every day. And I think that helps set us up for success. That also helped us tailor it for each school and having an understanding of what the students at that school really need. Um, and so kudos to all of them for taking the time out to meet with us and be transparent and say, look, our students don't need that. They don't need a conversation about mentoring. Mm -hmm. We have a thousand people now who want to mentor students. Mm -hmm. They need to know you still need to show up to your job on time, right? That mm -hmm. you need to know what professional means to that company. That nope, you're having a bad day. You can't yell at or cuss your boss out. You just can't. Those are things you cannot do. Um, and so our, our grounding session for students involved all that, including role play, which of course made it lots of fun. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> of course. You know, I am struck by, I'm glad you mentioned this connection you made with the, with the guidance counselors or with the staff generally of each of the HBCUs, yeah. because I'm struck by how much a program like this and and i feel very connected to programs like this having worked in similar on similar programs myself how much they can build connection and community between your organization and the hbcu staff yes. and a real learning of the individual cultures to your point there, there's a different culture within every school period right okay. and that's the same yeah. when it comes down to these hbcus that you might be partnering with and to to give each of them that ability to let you know what works and what's what's what the vibe is yes. is important and then that can lead to so many more opportunities and so many more connections in the future well i'll give the example uh one of the dates that we had for one of our schools was during homecoming and the advisor was like, oh, well, this is our homecoming. Well, then we learned, oh, this is homecoming for most of the HBCUs. It was like week after week after week, there was a homecoming. And our executive was like, well, I don't know what that experience is like. I feel like we should go. I'm like, oh, we should absolutely experience college homecoming <laughs> at an HBCU. <laughs> but again, I think as you talk about cultures and subcultures on colleges, they got to walk away and see, oh, this is like embedded in the culture of the college. Like this is where yeah. everyone, alumni, current students, faculty, they show the most pride for their school. Yeah. And it's a great opportunity for us. We talk about being an employer of choice for students. Think about how that exposure changes the corporate executive's lens on that school. They're like, oh, I want to be a part of this. Like I want to support you. Um, so I think that's also another opportunity of this program is that 
on the outset that you may, as a company, say, we can't give you billions, millions of dollars. We really want to give you our talent and our time. But the more you become involved, the more you want to invest not only yes. your talent, but also your treasure. And you say, let us help support this school, right? Now we are yeah. part of that vested interest. Uh, we're part of that community of this school. And so it's a win-win. It's a great, it's a great opportunity. Powerful stuff, Lori. Oh my goodness. I'm grateful that you've been bringing this up to us. Yeah. In fact, um, I will need to wrap it up and we, we would want to wrap it up with advice because it might be that people are hearing you share this and they're like, okay, we're in, we're doing it. Let's get started. We got the grounding sessions. We now know what to prepare for. Right. <laughs> what advice though do you have either for them, for people who are very much thinking about doing something like this, yeah. Or for any of us out there really doing the work, diversity, equity, and inclusion broadly, anything yeah. that comes to mind for you, that's how we like to end these sessions together. So I will say this initiative really started with two things, right? I think our recruiting team looking for ways to diversify our entry-level talent. And I love to have ideation sessions and bring people to the table whose voices may or may not have always been heard. And so we invited some of our prior interns to come and share uh, what they would like to see. And so they helped frame and build out um, I think one seed of an idea built into this program and initiative. So the advice would be, don't forget to ask the unlikely suspect or person in your company what their thoughts and ideas are. Even the person who you've never asked before, they usually are the ones that have plenty of ideas. They're just waiting on someone to ask. Um, prepare and be okay with piloting the program. One of the things that we wanted to do is to see like, how is this program going to do? Like there are, hundreds of HBCUs that we could choose. And we also wanted to work with HSIs, Hispanic Serving Institutions. And so one of the things we did say, let's choose 10. 10 is a good round number. We can manage 10. Once we know what this looks like, we figure out where we need to tweak and build, we can add more. And so I think being okay with having a program that starts off small, that you can grow to scale, because that gives you opportunity to improve and just make it better for your company as well as for the students. I'd say the last piece is think about how you can uh, better engage those students after the program is over. For us, we connected them directly to our recruiting team so that if there were opportunities, they would be the first group to know. Um, if there was an internship program or our apprenticeship program, that they could be the first to be a part of those uh, initiatives. And so I think continued engagement is extremely important. You don't want to foster this one relationship and then you lose sight of those students, because even if they don't come to your company, they may have friends or family or other yeah. people who would be great talent to come into your company. That's, That's a great point. Those are mine. Um, you know, ask the unlikely person, definitely plan ahead and be okay with piloting and mm -hmm. then have continuous engagement. Don't let this be a one-stop shop opportunity for you to meet with college students. Figure out how do you have this as a long-term relationship. Those are good. Those are good. That pilot one is important. I mean, they're all important, but sometimes you forget. You just get so excited. Well, if you're like me, I live, I start real big, okay? People around me have helped bring me in. So I'm like, well, we're going to do 3,000. You know, this is it. We want to do all the HBCUs. We're going to leave no stone unturned. And they're like, we're not. Because one, we don't have the budget for that. And two, the capacity. So start right. small, 
and then build. Like suddenly the executives do that full time, right? This is like this is all they do is travel around. <laughs> this is your job. Right, right. Lori, thank you yeah. so much for being here. Thank, thank you, you so much for sharing this. I think really? it will be beneficial to all of our listeners. Yeah. And we're so lucky to have you. Can't wait to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Amazing.